0: This is HPR episode 2518 entitled, Converting My Laptop to Dual Boot. It is hosted by Steve Zainer and is about 24 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, Converting a Linux-only laptop to Dual Boot using information from a previous HPR episode.
1: This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to Archive.org.
0: To everyone listening to Hacker Public Radio today. My name is Steve and I'm going to do an episode where I describe how a previous Hacker Public Radio episode recorded by somebody else helped me solve a problem. That particular episode was 2305 recorded in June of last year by a contributor named Mongo. Now Mongo was describing how he had taken his Windows 10 laptop and converted it into a dual boot system with Ubuntu because he was in the process of learning Linux and needed a setup like that to help him with that. I had commented on that episode because I thought he had done a tremendous job of giving a tutorial on how you take a Windows 10 install and turn it into dual boot with Linux. There are a few little gotchas and tricks along the way, and he had just described them very plainly and succinctly. And i said that if ever I was faced with the need to do that, I would be referring to that episode. And sure enough, here recently, I had the opportunity to do exactly that. The computer that I'm working with is also a laptop. It is a Lenovo ThinkPad model T550. I purchased this laptop two years ago, January of 2016, as a factory refurb unit uh, from eBay. The model was about a year old at that time, so it could be as much as three years old, but it's still fairly modern. It has the Intel i7 dual-core CPU, it has 8GB of RAM, and it had a 256GB SSD drive. When I got the laptop, it came with a version of Windows on it, Windows 8.1, I think, but I had no intention of running that. I'm a Linux guy. I deleted Windows completely, and I first installed Linux Mint on it, and I like Linux Mint as a distribution, but On this particular piece of hardware, I seemed to have some trouble with it. It seemed to lock up from time to time, and I never could quite figure out why that was. So I ultimately switched to Ubuntu. And when I did that, I chose the Ubuntu variant known as Zubuntu, which is spelled X-U-B-U-N-T-U. And this variant comes with the XFCE desktop, I had used the XFCE desktop quite extensively previously using uh, Slackware, actually, and I liked it, and so I decided to go with that variant. It was the 16.04 version, which is a long-term support release version of Ubuntu, uh, released back in April of 2016. And this laptop has worked very well under Zubuntu, and I have had no complaints about it. The only problem is that I began finding the need to run Windows on this laptop. The reason for that is there's a particular piece of Windows software that I want to learn how to use, and that is Fusion 360 by Autodesk. It's a 3D modeling uh, CAD type of software that's used a lot for CNC type, work as well as 3D printing. And unfortunately there just isn't much in the way of open source software that can compete directly with Fusion 360. 360. It's so popular, it's got a lot of support, there's a big community around it, and it's got a lot of features. It's just kind of it's kind of considered industry standard for at least the hobbyist and maker community nowadays. And unfortunately, it's not open source, but it also doesn't run on Linux. It runs on Windows, or you can also run it on uh, Mac OS X. It is available for free uh, as a hobbyist, or as an educational, if you're, if you're a student, but um, you have to have Windows. And you have to have Windows running natively on the computer. At least, that's everything I've seen suggests so. Normally, when I need to run something that's a Windows application, I have a Windows install sitting around that's a VirtualBox, Virtual Machine, and I'll fire that up and do what I need to do. And I, int- I tried installing Fusion 360 on a Virtual Machine, and it just didn't work at all. I think it needs more native access, probably to the graphics drivers, um, for graphics acceleration, GPU type stuff, and I'm not sure what all else. But I needed to have Windows natively on this computer, but I didn't want to give up my Ubuntu, and that means dual boot. Now, I'm faced with a couple challenges uh, coming to this problem. The first challenge is that I no longer have any Windows install media for this laptop. When I purchased the laptop, like I said, I summarily deleted every trace of Windows because I'm a Linux guy and I didn't care. Well, now I needed it. Now, I could probably use a generic install of Windows and then go search for all kinds of drivers and stuff to work with this particular hardware. But what I really wanted, I wanted the, you know, the Lenovo, Lenovo Windows install that came with it. So I went to their website, the support website for Lenovo, and I found that, sure enough, it is possible to download the Lenovo customized image of Windows. And you kind of have to jump through some hoops and prove that you have a Lenovo computer. And, but then you can download it, and you can download it for free one time. I'm not exactly sure how they tell if you've done it before, but that you have to go through a process that you can only do one time. But it is free that one time. And when you download it, you can then put it on a USB thumb drive and use that as install media. I put a link in the show note to show notes to the uh support page that talks about how you go about doing that in case anybody else is in that same position. Second problem is that I didn't think that the 256 GB hard drive was probably enough for dual boot. It was fine for the one operating system, but probably needed more for two. So I found a 512 gigabyte SSD drive on eBay, and it actually even said, had listed that this laptop model was among those that were supported um, with this hard drive. I'm not sure that really mattered, but figured it couldn't hurt. Third problem is, is I was happy with my Zubuntu setup. and I didn't really want to lose it. And, you know, I'd be installing it new on this new hard drive. I hoped that if I just simply copied my home directory onto the new install, that everything would kind of go back to the way it was. I wasn't sure that was going to work, but that's what I decided I was going to try. So, here's the procedure that I used to turn this laptop into dual boot, and hopefully this procedure will be of use to somebody. The first step was I backed up my home directory. Now, I didn't necessarily need to do that because my home directory was going to be, my old home directory was going to be on this old hard drive that I wasn't doing anything with, but just to be sure, I did a backup of the home directory um, as well. I then set about replacing the hard drive. That was actually kind of challenging because you have to take the whole bottom of the laptop off, unscrew a number of screws, and then you have to bend and pry the plastic and you feel like you're gonna break it and it's not very much fun. But eventually I got the, the back off and I was able to remove the old hard drive, replace it with the new hard drive, no big problem there, and get everything put back together. So I then tried to boot from this USB thumb drive that had the Lenovo Windows image on it. I had a little bit of a trouble with that because I found that for some reason the BIOS on this laptop had been set to legacy mode. And I must have been the one that did that. I'm not exactly sure why because Ubuntu supports the UEFI uh, system But for some reason I had converted it to legacy mode and that wasn't working well. So I just simply did a a reset the BIOS to factory and rebooted and booted off that USB thumb drive and the Windows installer took off. And basically it went through its whole process of first creating a Windows recovery partition and then rebooting and then installing Windows off of that partition and then after that I'd went through the whole Windows update process. It took forever but it did finally get done uh, successfully. I was then able to boot into Windows and use Windows. Great. Next step was to then use the instructions that Mongo had given in his episode when he had started from the same place that I now am. And so I used his instructions to first resize the Windows file system because I had installed Windows to the entire hard drive. So I resized it to half of the hard drive, basically 256 gig. The next thing in his instructions were to turn off fast boot, which I probably never would have figured out that I needed to do, and so I I followed his instructions to do that. Then he also explained how you need to go into the BIOS and turn off secure boot, which I do think I, I I would have known that, but it was good to have that reminder. So then, I tried to boot from the thumb drive that I have with the Zubuntu 16.04 um, install, install image, and it booted. And Zubuntu started to install as normal. Now, we come to a point where in the Zubuntu install, it asks, what type of install do you want to do? Mongo, when he was giving his description, I believe said that he had chosen basically the manual option or something to that effect. However, I had an option that said to install alongside Windows Boot Manager. And that sounded good to me, so I went ahead and tried that. And as it turns out, it worked perfectly. So if you're doing this, Choosing the install alongside Windows Boot Manager does work. After that, the install completed. Much, much quicker than the Windows install, by the way. Um, I then installed all the Ubuntu updates. And now the last step is that I needed to copy my home directory from the old hard drive. Well, that turned out to be a little bit more challenging than I was anticipating because I had well, I hadn't forgotten, but I just hadn't really thought about the fact that when I had installed Zubuntu before, I had set it up to do full hard drive encryption. So I took this hard drive, I connected it up to a USB external drive enclosure thing that I have, plugged the USB in, and up comes two file systems, or two partitions. One of them is a small partition that is unencrypted that, is a, that was the original boot partition. It's what the computer would boot off of. But then the other file system is this encrypted file system. Well, Zubuntu recognized it as an encrypted file system. It it's, uh, it uses this thing called LUKS. Is that Luke's Or I don't know how that's pronounced. I'm not exactly sure what that stands for, but it's a common encryption protocol thing for hard drive encryption. It saw that that file system was that and said, okay, you need to enter your passphrase. So I entered the passphrase. But then it says, I can't mount this. I don't know what kind of file system it is. Well, I wasn't quite sure either what the deal was. So I ended up having to do a little bit of research on this whole thing. And I have some things in the show notes that might be useful for somebody that that runs into this kind of a thing. The way Ubuntu does the entire disk encryption, and and others might do this too, but anyway, the way Ubuntu does it, is so for a Linux install, you need to have generally at least two partitions. You need a swap partition, and you need a root file system partition. Sometimes you may want to have other partitions as well. Well, if you're doing full disk encryption that whole partition thing doesn't quite work out because you've got a boot partition, a small boot partition, and then the rest of it is this encrypted partition. And so how do you then fit the Linux partitions inside of that encrypted partition? And the way they do it is using LVM. LVM stands for Linux Volume Manager, and that's a whole subject by itself. If somebody would want to do a... Hacker Public Radio episode about LVM. Maybe there already is one, but if not, that would probably be a useful thing. You can do all kinds of crazy things with LVM. I have had some experience with it, but I'm not an expert on it. But basically what you do with LVM is you take a partition and you divide that you call that a you make that into a volume, an LVM volume, and then you divide that into groups. Uh, they call it LVM groups or or uh, volume groups, which are kind of like partitions, but not quite the same. But that's how Ubuntu handles this thing. In this encrypted partition, it sets up an LVM volume and divides that into two volume groups, one for the swap partition and one for the root file system. Or if you had other partitions, other Linux partitions, it would have other volume groups as well. And so, Zubuntu, when I plug this USB uh, drive into it, or the, the drive connected to the USB enclosure um, into it, it saw the encrypted file system, It knew that it needed to decrypt that, but it didn't know what to do with the LVM volume underneath that. So, in the show notes, I have a couple commands there that describe how you go about decrypting an encrypted file system. Now, like I said, Zubuntu did this for me, but in case you needed to do it manually, there is a command called cryptsetup. C-R-Y-P-T-S-E-T-U-P, Crypt Setup. And you pass that an option of L-U-K-S, capital O-P-E-N, LUKS Open. And then you specify the partition device name, which in this case is slash dev slash S-D-B-2. It might be different if in something that you might be doing. And then you give it a label, such as Crypt Drive. So crypt setup space this luks open with a capital O space slash dev slash sdb2 space crypt drive. When you do that, it asks for your passphrase. It then decrypts that file system and it maps that file system or that partition to a new device that is mounted at slash dev slash mapper m-a-p-p-e-r slash whatever label you gave it in this case crypt drive so slash dev slash mapper slash crypt drive and that's what Zubuntu had automatically done for me then if that was a normal Linux partition you would be able to mount that device using a common like mount, space, slash, dev, slash, mapper, slash, cryptdrive, space, slash, mnt, or some other mount point. But that's what Zubuntu was trying to do and said, I can't do that. Well, part of the reason it couldn't do that is because LVM support was not installed at that point. And so I installed LVM support uh, with the command apt-get, space, install, space, LVM. That downloaded and installed LVM support. But it still didn't work, probably because there was no LVM configuration, because this was a brand new install. And what I needed to do is I needed to be able to activate the two volume groups that were defined in there that make up the swap and the root file system. I found the command VGChange, stands for volume group change. Pass that a parameter of dash AY. A for activate and the Y might be for yes, I want to do this. I'm not sure about that. You'd have to look up the man page on VGChange, but VGChange space dash AY magically found the two volume groups and it activated them. I wasn't sure that it would be able to find them. I thought maybe I'd have to specify where they were, but it found them, it activated them, and it created two new devices. One of them was slash dev slash zubuntu-vg slash swap. The other one is slash dev slash zubuntu-vg slash root. Those are then my swap and root file systems for the original Zubuntu install. I was able to mount the root file system with the normal mount space slash dev slash Zubuntu dash VG slash root space slash MNT. All these commands are in the show notes, by the way. And now I had my old root file system mounted at the mount point of slash MNT. So now all I had to do was copy my home directory. To do that, I I went to the new systems home uh, directory, so cd space slash home. Doing this as root, by the way. I then did cp for copy space dash rp. The r means to do a recursive copy, which means do the copy of the directory and all files and directories below it. The P means to preserve all permissions and then space slash mnt slash home slash my username space dot or period. And so what that's saying is, okay, I'm now in the new home directory. Go out and copy the username or the copy my home directory, which is named with my username on the old disk and copy it to here, recursively, and preserving permissions. That process took a little while because the USB is kind of slow. But once I finished that, I unmounted everything, rebooted the hard drive, booted into Zubuntu, and lo and behold, everything was back the way I left it. My desktop, all my my desktop layout, uh, all the little widgets and stuff I had in the toolbar were there, Everything was just the way I left it, except for, um, you know, various icons that are links to software that I had downloaded from the using apt-get. You know, that software wasn't there anymore. So all I had to do is do an apt-get install of, you know, whatever application. And now those icons pointed to the right thing. And it just worked. Amazingly Perfectly. So, that's the end. That's That was the procedure I used to go from a Zubuntu-only laptop to a dual-boot Windows and Zubuntu. And I want to thank Mongo again for the episode that he did, because I would have had a hard time figuring out the Windows stuff. Because I'm not a Windows guy, I would have had to do some research, and he had just laid it out perfectly, cleanly, and so I was able to follow that. Hopefully... My description of what I went through here may help somebody to uh, do some procedure that they need to do. And if so, hey, do a follow-up episode and tell us how it went. Until then, uh, that'll be it for me. This is Steve again for Hacker Public Radio. Hope everybody has a good day.
1: You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org.